What do you identify as? What is binary and non-binary? Is this a good piece of art that is representative of your race and cultural identity? When did you realize you weren't white? I'm becoming more and more frustrated by the current discussions on gender, misogyny, racism, and the like between my friends and in the mainstream, academic, political, and media circles. Now, I assure you that I am not approaching this from a conservative MAGA standpoint, nor am I part of the right wing. Hopefully, this calms your fears. Now, one of the reasons for my annoyance is the inability of these discussions to escape the box. And I say escape the box in quotes. Now, what do I mean by this? It is the continued operation of discourse, discussion, and thought within the framework of, quote, permanent modes of oppression. What do I say are permanent modes of oppression? I'm going to say it's racism, sexism, homophobia, privilege, classism, and the like. Now, why do I say permanent in quotes? Now, it's because these modes of oppression are treated as permanent fixtures, which are unmovable, forever, and unending, and cannot be changed. Now, many assume that fighting racism involves education and the reshaping of our thoughts, values, and beliefs, and our morals. Now, these advocates contend that society can be molded to understand that racism, misogyny, sexism, and other forms of hate are wrong and need to be educated on what is correct. Some say we need to teach tolerance, understanding, and kindness in order to vanquish these abhorrent beliefs. They say that by changing how we think, we alter our beliefs, and because our beliefs are changed, we can change the way we act. Some particular liberal advocates even contend that oppressions like racism and misogyny can be resolved if we just place minorities into positions of power like having more females in tech, having more minority CEOs, or having a black president, or having this and that and so on and so forth. And by doing this, we can show that the we can show these powerful people that minorities and oppressed individuals are just as fit and qualified as they are, and that this is the right way to uh, vanquish their bigotry. Now I'm so irritated and annoyed by these endless by this endless discourse on identity, privilege, and representation. It's, it's the, the nauseating talks of reclaiming words or how we should properly identify ourselves and others or how crazy rich Asians or master of none demonstrates good representation for Asians or other races and so on and how much privilege one has compared to some other bloke. It pains me to say this. I'm not sure if this is particularly correct, but I find it strange that on one hand, there is discussion on how to fight the patriarchy and how to fight and destroy racism in the United States. And on the other hand, we're, um, you know, we're discussing on, you know, how minority groups should fill in and feel represented and um, what type of arts represents is a good representation of the Asian American experience and uh, what sort of mediums represent your cultural identity and the like. 
Again, we are operating in the same environment that treats race and racism as unmovable, gender misogyny as unmovable, white privilege and classism as immovable. Let's not forget that the identity of class that is used by these circles, it's treated as a descriptor of how much money or wealth one has and not one's relation to production. Class is treated as another form of subjective thought and experience, just like racism. Our modern-day critics aim to fight classism by using education to help spread awareness and enlightenment. Now, the problem with operating with these frameworks is that they're wholly unfit to analyze the source of oppression, where it comes from, why it is. Marxists have always treated values, morals, beliefs, and cultural attitudes as products of the organization of, of production and distribution of surplus. Capitalist production splits those who produce surplus and those that consume and distribute it. This is reflected throughout history from the master to the slave, the lord to the peasant and serf, and now in our capitalist mode of production, the employer and the employee. Institutions are created to maintain and reinforce this mode of production, and so are the values and attitudes that arise as a result of this reality. Now, these attitudes can be created and sustained by the ruling elite in order to justify the inequality and injustice in such a system. The hierarchies of privilege in the past were justified, whether it be with God, nature, or mysticism, and what is the dominant justification of the injustice and inequality that we have today? It's human nature. You always hear people talk about how greed and selfishness are just human nature and how capitalism is the best and only way to uh, use these qualities to their full force. Karl Marx noted in, the Ger in his work, The German Ideology, that the ideas of the ruling class are in every epoch the ruling ideas, i.e. the class, which is the ruling material force of society, is at the same time its ruling intellectual force. The class, which has the means of material production at its disposal, has control at the same time over the means of mental production, so that thereby, generally speaking, the ideas of those who lack the means of mental production are subject to it. Now, what does this mean? Well, according to Marx, the ideas that we have now, racism, hate against immigrants, hate against the poor, the sick, and the elderly, human nature of greed and selfishness, sexism and like, are all ideas that the ruling class have created, which the masses are subject to, as they do not control the means of production. Not only are these ideas propagated by the ruling class to sustain its dominant position in capitalism, but they're actively deployed to separate and divide the working class in order to prevent their unification. A poor white man is always pitted against the poor black man, women pitted against men, immigrants pitted against native-born, so on and so forth. Now, that's why the ruling elite are always so keen to destroy a unified movement of workers who are equally exploited by capitalism. A coalition of different races, whites, blacks, Jews, Christians, gays, lesbians, trans, the poor, the old, the young. 
this is a threat to the economic system that we live under and a threat to the dominant position of the capitalist. Now, this is not to say that racism, homophobia, sexism, misogyny, and other modes of oppression are unreal and do not exist. That's not what I'm saying. There is real pain, suffering, and injustice felt and experienced by countless amounts of people throughout the United States that must be eliminated and vanquished. However, without any sort of materialist examination of race and gender, activists and critics will be forever lost in the current discussion of oppression. Any sort of explanatory framework that rejects or ignores Marxian class analysis is doomed to failure as it misses the origins of oppression under capitalism. Without a clear understanding of the formulation origins of such injustice, there can be no formulated strategy to fight such oppression. And you can't fight back if you don't know your enemy.